0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy November. Welcome to the Humanity Matters Show, season three. Yes, three seasons of doing this show in a host of different ways. I think I've got my groove in this, doing it on Sundays, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Glad you are joining me either live or on the podcast or later on when you watch this uh, recording. So if you are new to this show, then I just want to let you know, here we discuss ideas related to faith and philosophy, leadership and social issues. We want to engage with ideas on what it means to be a free human being and to flourish wherever you live. And so thank you for uh, joining me on tonight as always. To get things started please connect with me on social media anywhere across the internet whether that is at twitter or at the facebook page dr philip fletcher also on youtube please when you find me over there on youtube please subscribe i would greatly appreciate it as well as on the interwebs philipfletcher.org philipfletcher.org Been doing some revamping over there at the website. So please go check it out. Give me your email where you can get some cool updates and things like that. Also, got some new things coming up on uh, the podcast. It's called Personalist Living and Leading. And really want to dive deep and give you some understanding of where I be coming from, right? So I, I roll with this, this thought, this philosophy called theistic personalism, I discovered it during my dissertation days, um, and from that point on, I was sold. It helped me to understand all the things that I was doing and just my uh, journey in life. And so uh, every Monday will come out a, just a meditation um, on the podcast, and a short meditation, something for you to think about, journal about, take a walk, you know, something to think about related to all types of things related to human dignity, related to freedom, related to self-determination and responsibility, and what it means when all of those are coming together so that we can flourish as individual human beings, but also in relationship to those that we live in proximity with, work with, worship with, so on and so forth. So, Go to the website, philipfletcher.org, and you can um, subscribe, get a weekly update. But as well, follow the podcast over on anchor.fm or Google or wherever you get your podcast content. That would be great. I'm um, always looking for supporters, Patreon. Uh, so you go to a Patreon website. You can put in my name. And if you'd like to be a supporter, for as little as five bucks, uh, you can support the work uh, that is going on here with the Humanity Matters Show and then other things that I be doing under what I call the Arrowmaker brand, if you will. So check that out. Been giving away T-shirts. Thankful for sponsors. I was able to get some fresh new T-shirts and been going around town the last week just giving them out, right? Uh, but you can also purchase one as well. You can go to the website philipfletcher.org and you can purchase a t-shirt for only ten bucks. Ten bucks—it's pretty cheap, but it's a good quality t-shirt. All right. Coming up on Wednesday, November tenth, two thousand twenty-one. Let me tell you about that show. All right. Let me show you again the Bob Smiley Night of Comedy. The Night of Comedy by Bob Smiley. Is a fundraiser for uh, my nonprofit, the City of Hope Outreach, and specifically our Hope Village project. And the Hope Village project is our solution, it's a solution to address homelessness here in Arkansas, specifically Faulkner County, more specifically the city of Conway. We are building five one bedroom and five two bedroom small homes to address homelessness and veterans housing. All right. And so the Night of Comedy with Bob Smiley is your opportunity to support this uh, endeavor. So you can show up at and go to the website, uca.universitytickets.com, uca.universitytickets.com, and you can be a part of the show. Or if you can attend on that same website as well, you can purchase a ticket to sponsor a veteran to come. Right? So, On that night, you'll hear from Bob Smiley. He's the main act, but you'll hear from me, uh, my director, as well, who is uh, the director for Hope Village, uh, and as well as Jeff Standerich, He leads the conductor here in Arkansas. So it'll be a great night to laugh. We need a lot of laughs, right? Coming out of the last couple of months, 18 months or so, and everything else. But it's also an opportunity to learn an opportunity to learn how you can get involved with supporting an important project like Hope Village. So I would appreciate you showing up and attending. So again, you can get tickets at uca.universitytickets.com, uca.universitytickets.com. So there that is. All righty. So man, what has been going on in the world. <laughs> so, you know, when I go through the week, I'm like, dang, what do I want to talk about? Because a lot that can happen between the past Sunday and this coming Sunday. Okay. And it is a lot going on. And so I try to focus on things that are local as it relates to uh, where I live here in Conway and in the state of Arkansas, and then touch on some, you know, national things that are going on. Like a lot's been going on. We're going to hit on Aaron Rodgers uh, later on in the segment of the show. Uh, But right now to keep it local. Okay. So first up is Matt Brown. Now, Matt Brown is a local attorney here in the city of Conway, but he's also a justice of the peace. And for full transparency, I live in his JP district. Okay. And Uh, Matt Brown, Faulkner County Justice of the Peace, and this is from Uh, thecabin.net, thecabin.net, filed on November 6, 2021, and it says this, it doesn't say who the journalist is, it's just filed by uh, the newspaper, okay, and it says this, make some adjustments here on the screen, all right. Matt Brown, Faulkner County Justice of the Peace, announced his candidacy as a Republican for the newly drawn Arkansas House District 55 in Faulkner County. Now, whole registering has been going on across the country. You know, we had the census come out and as a result had to be some shifts in the lines if needed be. And Matt Brown to be running for the newly drawn Arkansas House District 55, which is in Faulkner County. And Matt Brown says this, I am excited to announce my campaign for Arkansas state representative today. Brown said, continuing on Matt Brown's quote, as a justice of the peace for Faulkner County, I have a record of standing for the conservative values of my district. I have supported and voted for limited government, lower taxes, backed our law enforcement and voted to make Faulkner County a pro-life county. I will continue to fight and stand for these conservative values as the next state representative of District 55, close quote. Upon announcing his candidacy, Brown also said, quote, I am a proven, experienced conservative Republican, and I will always protect the sanctity of human life, oppose any encroachment on the constitutional right to keep and bear arms, and defend the Arkansas values of faith, family, and freedom. I humbly ask for the support and votes for the people of District 55 in the Republican primary in 2022, close quote. All right. So it goes on to talk about uh, Brown and his law practice, uh, the committees that he serves on. He's the chairman of the Roads and Infrastructure Committee. Uh, He previously served on the Conway Planning Commission. uh, And the Conway Planning Commission is as it relates to the city of Conway. All right. Brown is a volunteer attorney with the Faulkner County Teen Court treasurer of the conway noon lions club and serves on the board of directors of millstones services incorporated all right so there that is congratulations matt brown announcing your candidacy c uh arkansas house district 55 and it's a new district all right here in faulkner county so it'll be interesting to follow that race all right so More and more people are starting to throw their hats in the ring as uh, the election season is slowly, slowly, slowly ramping up. Typically, things like this happen after Labor Day. Um, So next year is going to be pretty interesting. So prepare yourselves. You know, like in Game of Thrones, winter is coming. It's like the election season is coming. So there that is. Again, congratulations, Matt Brown. All right, so state national news. So this is coming from uh, the AP. Good old Joe Biden has hit a roadblock, all right? And this was filed in the AP News uh, yesterday by Colleen Long, as well as Michael Sissak, all right? And it says this, Biden vaccine mandates face first test with federal workers. All right, so what's going on? So the article reads President Joe Biden is pushing forward with a massive plan to require millions of private sector, listen, private sector employees to get vaccinated by early next year. And that date is January 4th. So typically by the time people come back off of the holiday vacations. All right. But first, yes, to make sure workers in his own federal government get the shot. All right. So about 4 million federal workers are to be vaccinated by November 22nd. So prior to going on Thanksgiving break under the president's executive order, some employees like those at the white house are nearly all vaccinated, but the rates are lower at other federal agencies, particularly those related to law enforcement and intelligence, according to the agencies and union leaders. And some resistant workers are digging in, filing lawsuits, protesting, protesting, What they say is unfair overreach by the White House. That's interesting. Law enforcement and intelligence. That's interesting. All right, so the upcoming deadline is the first test of Biden's push to compel people to get vaccinated. Beyond the federal worker rule, another mandate will take effect in January aimed at around 84 million private sector workers, according to guidelines put out this past week. The AP News continues. On Saturday, a federal appeals court in Louisiana temporarily halted the vaccine requirement for businesses with 100 or more workers. The administration says it's confident that the requirement will withstand legal challenges in part because its safety rules preempt state laws. Quote, and this is coming from the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy speaking on ABC's This Week. That's a television show that comes on Sundays. Uh, the Surgeon General says this, quote, the president and the administration wouldn't have put these requirements in place if they didn't think that they were appropriate and necessary. And the administration is certainly prepared to defend them. If the mandates are a success, the AP News continues on, they could make the most serious dent in new coronavirus cases since the vaccine first became available, The news this past week that children ages five through 11 can get the shot, making an additional 64 million people eligible. But within two weeks, with two weeks remaining to the federal worker deadline, some leaders of unions representing employees say that convincing the unvaccinated to change their mind is increasingly challenging. All right. So. So, yes. Right. The president of the United States is compelling federal workers but he is also through osha all right seeking to compel businesses with a hundred or more employees to be vaccinated as well or be tested every week all right so this is where we're at right now and tonight as i was getting ready for the show I realized that you know what I've kind of like, you know, you try to to talk about both sides, right? But I wanted to be, if I haven't, be quite clear on this whole thing about mandates, all right? So the president of the United States, uh, he came out with a speech earlier this year, announcing the whole uh, 100 or more employees in private businesses that those individuals would have to be vaccinated. And it's, this past week, it was also announced that those businesses would face fines, $14,000. Now, how that's going to be enforced, I don't know. That'll be interesting. But nonetheless, this is where we are At right now. All right. Individuals more and more are coming close to having to have to make a decision. Okay. They're going to have to make a decision on whether to be vaccinated. They're not going to be vaccinated, be nasal swabbed every week, try to find some exemption. And if they don't get the exemption, then They're in danger of losing their employment. Now, the arguments that the federal government is going to make is for public safety, so on and so forth. Okay, got it. One of the things I think we need to ask ourselves, and this is one of the things I want to be clear as water on, that it is... Well within your right to question before making any type of decision, right, is to question. And I want to categorically say as well that it is within your right to take as much time as you need to research, ask questions, research, ask questions before you come to whatever decision that you make. The third thing I've 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 always been clear on and even in other things is this, there are trade-offs to every decision that we make. There are positive and there are negative trade-offs. In this case, I'll be quite clear, I am thoroughly upset that The president of the United States would take it upon himself to put people in positions, if you will, back them into a corner where they have to make a decision as it relates to participating in a procedure versus maintaining their particular employment. That is not the role of the president of the United States. The role of the president of the United States is to execute the laws that were passed by the Congress. And to my recollection, recollection up to this point, no law has been no bill, excuse me, no bill has been debated on the floor of the House or the Senate. No bill has been passed out of the House and the Senate and going to the president's desk for him to sign or veto as it relates to mandating vaccines. This is something that has been done by fiat, if you will. This is been done by going through private businesses. Why I believe they're going through private businesses is because of the firm recollection. They have no constitutional authority whatsoever to mandate, excuse me, legislate vaccines. Notice that no law has been passed. The president cannot write laws. The Congress writes the laws, passes those laws. It is the president of the United States who enforces those laws. And if those laws are found to be unconstitutional, then it's up to the Supreme Court to determine what are their past constitutional muster. But where we stand right now, that if this means anything, if it means anything, I make the argument that the president of the United States is not living up to his constitutional duties. We've heard a lot of different words over the last 18 months. Mandates, rules, guidance, and all of these things are accompanied with some type of penalty, whether it be a financial penalty. In some cases it has been jailing. In other cases, it has been some type of um, alienation closure. I can think about what's happening with in and out in California, but at no point has a law, been passed, and we just go about our happy day being held to things that are not legal, that have not been discussed, debated by those whom we have elected to office as our representatives voted on, and then either signed or vetoed to then be overridden. None of that has happened, except in the case of increasing our financial liability, right? So all the money last year, the things that's being discussed with this infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better bill. Oh, they're talking about that. They want that passed because there's going to be a whole lot of redistribution of money. And we're going to pay for it, I right? through increased taxes or through increasing the debt, which debt ceiling, inflation, which decreases the buying power of all of this money that's supposed to be passed to all of these people that are in need. So this infrastructure bill and this bill back better bill, but back to what president Joe Biden is seeking uh, to accomplish. All right. This man who is the president of the United States and I give him that respect he is acting unconstitutionally. He is. He just is. And dare I say, and I and I and I'm, and I'm doing a lot of reading and study on this. All right, for the state to bypass the legislative process and use the bureaucratic power to compel private businesses to do the things that the state for some reason has determined it cannot do, that borders on what some would consider to be fascism. If I'm wrong, I could be wrong. But we have to pay attention to the fact That the federal government, specifically the executive branch, is bypassing the legislative branch, is using a bureaucracy, OSHA, to force private businesses to compel private citizens to participate in a medical procedure, either taking one of the vaccines or being tested weekly, and if not, that business will face a fine of $14,000 as it was reported this week, or that individual is let go. We got a comment coming up, and this is from Rick. Thank you, Rick, for commenting. Uh, they're not even vaccines. They have They've had to change the definition of vaccine to fit the treatments. In truth, what they are closer to a prophylaxis than a vaccine. Historically, immunization and vaccination have been used interchangeably, even though the words are different. Now they can't even be used interchangeably. And I think you're referring to the Aaron Rodgers situation because he used the word immunized. Um, there is no legal basis for compelling people to take a prophylaxis. Hey, Rick, thank you for uh, the comments. Hey, because I read your comment, I'm going to send you a T-shirt. So send me your address, inbox me. Thank you for commenting. So uh, so this is where we're at right now. So we are continuing to go about our happy way, right? We are individuals Some of us who are trying to figure out how to uh, pay our gas bills, grocery bills, because prices are going up because of inflation, right? We've got supply chain issues going on, okay? We're coming up on the holidays in which people are going to have to make a decision whether or not... They're going to participate in a particular procedure or they face the possibility of going into the holidays unemployed. And then we have other individuals coming out of the holidays into 2022, having to make a decision over the holidays to participate in a particular procedure or starting the new year. They may possibly be out of a job. Now, I've heard people say in the last couple of years during the Trump administration, Is this America? So the same question could be asked, again, is this America? Seems like, regardless of the party, the same question is being asked. Is this America? How important is freedom? You know, we face a a collision as I go into the third segment. Hey, if you got a question or a comment, please uh, comment. If I read your comment, I'm going to send you a t-shirt. Thank you very much for participating. Share with somebody, join in on the conversation. I'm kind of typically in, in my shows, I try to look at, you know, both sides, be objective. Tonight's show is, it's going to be a little different as we open season three. I'm, I'm, I'm showing my hand in my position, right? Um, if you're still not clear, I am thoroughly against any form of mandating an individual to participate in any type of medical procedure. That is not the role of government. And I make the argument that's not even the role of a business or a religious institution. Let me speak to my religious institutions as well. Part of being a human being is possessing that dignity, that freedom, to determine for his or herself what he or she will do with his or her body. Period. Are there trade-offs to what you do and do not put in your body? Yes, there is. But that determination is not left up to the government at any level. It is not left up to um a group of individuals right it is not left up to a business it is left up to that individual at the highest it is left up to that family because then we have to have in consideration children but beyond that the individual primarily, and in a family situation secondarily, that is where it stops. Nobody, no elected institution, no for-profit or non-profit religious type institution has the right to determine for another individual what is to be put in his or her body? I want it to be categorically clear. So we have examples of individuals, if you will, more famous individuals who are standing up and they're saying, nah, bruh, you're going too far. So we got Kyrie Irving, point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. He's not playing right now. People are saying, well, he can afford to do so. That's not the point. The point is he's standing by his principles. That man was celebrated as like, ah, because of, you know, Black Lives Matter and things like that. Now he's like a pariah. Ice Cube walked off of a a movie opportunity because they were going to mandate for him to take a vaccination. And he was like, nope, not doing it. We have Aaron Rodgers, who used the term when he was asked by a reporter, let's first say that it's not a reporter's business regarding his medical situation. It's just not. But he was asked and he said, I've been immunized. Now, I have typically thought that, and, and Rick kind of appealed to this, that we've used the terms vaccine, immunized, kind of interchangeably. People said Aaron Rodgers has lied, right? But the question is, how did he go about dealing with his health? Which, again, is not my business. And let me say this, it's not your business. It wasn't that journalist's business. It wasn't Stephen A. Smith's business. It's not ESPN or Fox Sports or anybody's business. If anything, the only business, the only people who should be privy to that information is Aaron Rodgers and his family. I would make the argument it's not the Green Bay Packers business and it's not the NFL owner's business. I got it. Hey, NFL has said, hey, it's going to be this way. Green Bay football teams, basketball teams say it's going to be this way. But again, I make the argument on the basis of human dignity and freedom that it's not the business nor it is the right. They do not have the, if you will, the power to do so, even though they have. So we have more individuals, more prominent individuals who are like, nah, bruh, nah, sis, you're going too far. And in some cases, people are like, I'm being kind of gray with their answers because they know, they know. They know how our society is right now. Our society has moved to a point To where valid participation in that society is based off of whether or not you have taken this, participated in this procedure. Let's be just clear about it. Valid participation, citizenry, is now marked by whether or not you have participated in this medical procedure. Your ability, our ability to work, earn a living, to provide for our family, to achieve our hopes and dreams, which are tied to some form of economic prosperity and mobility, our ability to go into certain entertainment venues, participate in athletic areas, go into museums, places of learning is now tied to a medical procedure. We, as a society, are saying it is okay to discriminate against somebody on the basis of a medical procedure. Like I said, I'm going to be categorically clear tonight. We as a society are saying it is okay to discriminate against somebody on the basis of a medical procedure. So let's talk for a few moments about freedom from a personalist perspective. This is what I understand again that each and every individual across all time, past, present, and future, are image bearers of God. That we have absolute human dignity. And the reason that we have absolute human dignity is because we reflect a supreme personal God. And because that supreme personal God has infinite dignity infinite worth that we as individual human beings, men and women carry that dignity. It is stamped on us, if you will. We carry it with us regardless of our social, economic, political, racial, ethnic, whatever. It's regardless of our occupation. It's regardless of where we were born, where we live. Each and every one of us have absolute dignity. And so as such, we also have freedom. That same dignity that's coming from God, if you will, that same freedom is expressed in each individual person. We were created to be free. And as such, and as moral agents, We have self-determination. That each individual person that is listening to this, watching this right now in 2021, individuals from the past, individuals in the future, have the capacity to determine for him or herself the direction for their lives. (coughs) <coughs> and the self-determination should be unencumbered should be without obstacles should be without hindrance that is why things like slavery it repels us that is why things like wars repel us that is why things like You can't get this job because you're a particular gender. That repels us. Those types of experiences that we have read about, that men and women have marched about, that men and women have laid their lives on the line for, have been those things, those policies, those laws, those governments that have pursued Ways to create obstacles, hindrances to self-determination for each individual to determine for his or herself, their course in life. Why? Because they're free. Why? Because of absolute dignity. And so, because we have absolute dignity, because we have been created to be free and because we have, the capacity for self-determination, that is why things like these mandates, whether they're masks or vaccines, repulse me. Let me be clear. It is because of, we have absolute dignity as human beings, because we were created to be free, and that because we have the capacity of self Determination. Anything in the form of a mandate that becomes a hindrance, an obstacle to my or your self determination is repulsive. Let me be clear. What I did not say, what I did not say was. You don't have the right to take a vaccine, because you do, but you equally have the right not to take it. You have the right to be informed and make a decision to participate and take a vaccine, and you have the right to get informed, make a decision not to. So to close this, I want to give a thought from Rufus Burroughs, personalist. And he said this from his book, God and Human Dignity. And I quote, it's because persons are created in freedom for freedom to be free, which is divine intention that all persons who are moral agents are morally obligated to resist fiercely anybody and anything that undermines or seeks to hamper or disregard that freedom, especially when that agent is acting responsibly, close quote. And that is Rufus Burrow from his book, God and Human Dignity. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. that's why I support men like Kyrie Irving or Aaron Rodgers or Ice Cube or that doctor or that nurse who were the heroes last year on Time Magazine but now are the villains. So I support that trash worker, that police officer that says, no. Just like I support that individual that says, yeah, I need to do this. Because each individual has for him or herself a particular set of reasons as to why they are choosing to do what it is that they're doing. Now, for some, they may be doing it because they don't wanna face the shame. There are others who are doing it because they can't afford to be unemployed. For others, they are doing it because. They feel like this is the right thing to do. There are others who are doing it because they have a loved one. There are also those who are doing it because they have a health reason as to why they can't do it. And there are others who are choosing not to do it because whatever reason, fill in the blank. I... Cannot and will not be the arbiter over your life. And I should not be. For individuals to dwell together peaceably. They should dwell with one another, recognizing first their dignity. Two, that that individual was made to be free. And that individual can determine for him or herself the course of their freedom. Can we discuss it? Yes. Can we seek to persuade? Yes. That is part of being a mature human being. And then from there, continuing to walk together peaceably. But if we continue on this course, Of isolation, shame, of classifying whole, classifying people into us versus them type categories. Instead of looking at each person as an individual, we are headed down a road that is not going to end well. What good is it to participate in the procedure and lose your country? But what good is it for you not to participate in the procedure and lose your country? We have to stop treating each other as the enemy. And we have to stop buying in to the information that is being put out that is pitting us against one another. As God said in Isaiah, come let us reason together. And right now, the leadership in Washington and some of these state institutions are not seeking to sit down and reason. Instead, they're choosing poor leadership. Poor leadership that seeks to force people into situations that they don't want to be in. Poor leadership that pits people against one another. Poor leadership that is not morally persuasive in the least. Hey, this has been the Humanity Matters Show. Keep your head up. Lift your head. Stand up straight, put your shoulders back. Remember to fight for one another. Find ways to walk together. Find ways to stand with one another, not against one another. We have a shared dignity we were all created in freedom and we all have the capacity to determine for ourselves, not at the expense of people, but determined for ourselves so that we improve our own lives, but also the lives that are around us. So thank you for joining me and I will see you next week. So remember to be loved, to be kind, to be generous, to be courageous. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Take care. God bless. And hey, if you found something of value, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Facebook at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Find us on Twitter at Philip Fletcher. And as always, visit us on the website philipfletcher.org.